dispatch to all units. This is a third alarm. Switch to the TAC channel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is the podcast for firefighters where we talk about real-life situations, everything from station life, home life, promotions, leadership, relationships, anything and everything that has to do with being a firefighter and real-life situations, things we actually have to deal with. You know, a lot of the things that we may talk about are a little controversial, may not be things that, uh, that are easy to talk about, but it's stuff that guys are having to deal with day in and day out, so we're going to discuss it on this show. Throughout this, uh, this last week, since the last episode, I uh, just wanted to let everybody know that the shirt sales have been absolutely through the roof. Uh, I've sold a lot more than really I anticipated right off the bat, and I want to thank each and every one of you for that. Uh, everybody that has purchased a shirt, you know, reached out to me and bared with me while I was trying to get the website launched and everything. I had to do some sales through Facebook just to get uh, to get some some revenue going and get some of the um, you know all the different shirts out there. So I want to thank everybody that bought one of those and really just encourage everybody to uh, to go to the website, check out the shirts. We have two that are available right now. We have the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast shirt. Uh, it's kind of our podcast launch shirt. It's got an American flag type design on the back. It's pretty pretty cool. And then our other shirt is the Condemned Saint RJ Nip. Uh, it's the Tag Team Fight shirt. And basically, for those of you that don't know, we have a ton of new listeners. Uh, Captain RJ Nip is a professional boxer, but he's also a firefighter, uh, or he's actually a captain for a fire department in the Houston, Texas area. I worked with him uh, several years throughout my career and a couple different departments we've uh we've worked in you know in and around each other made a bunch of fires together and everything like that and he has just recently launched and and uh debuted as a professional boxer um years ago he fought mma and and was a um you know a belt holder he was a world champion mma fighter several years ago but basically about a year ago he decided that he was missing missing something so you know he doesn't have the uh, the ability. He's a little bit older than me. He doesn't have the ability to be down on the ground and rolling around and all that just due to injuries from being on the job and and you know just living a a pretty hard life. So he decided to go go the boxing route and he's a professional boxer and he had his debut fight back in February and absolutely kicked ass. It was a first round knockout, just uh, right around a minute and a half. So. He's training right now, getting ready for his next fight. We're trying to get that lined up with him, but uh, I encourage every one of you to go and listen to uh, to his podcast. It's from uh, from the rig to the ring. There is a one and a two. Talks about a lot of real life situations that firefighters go through. I know a lot of you have reached out and said that those uh, those podcasts hit you on a personal level and made you think, and and really it was things that you had to deal with, which is exactly what RJ and I you know wanted to do we wanted people to understand that we're all going through things nobody has it easy whether it's problems in a department whether it's problems at home you know every single one of us it's it's real life and we're all having to deal with it so i encourage everybody to go listen to those shows kind of get to know rj and purchase his shirt it's a pretty badass shirt it says uh tack tack fight team on the front and then on the back it has um his logo with a maltese cross and everything on it and basically what we're doing with that is the proceeds from that once you know i recruit my money from from uh, getting all the shirts made then uh the money from that is going to go to help help 
continue our sponsorship of him, helping pay for training, helping pay for the promotions, and really getting his name out there and expanding his fighting career and giving him a um, a good run for a belt. That's uh, that's ultimately what we want to do. Is as long as he's feeling fit and as long as he's feeling healthy enough to do that, we want to be right there with him and, and help out. I know that there's a lot of you that uh, that have enjoyed enjoyed his story and everything. So the uh, the more lives that we can uh, can reach and and connect with people over that story, that's really what we wanted out of, out of that. So moving on. I've been doing a little bit of series talking about leadership, and I know a lot of you have been giving me some amazing feedback. I've been getting messages pretty much every day from people all over the country. Huge shout out to Ohio, Connecticut, North Carolina. Those uh, those states, the, the listenership has really, I mean, it's quadrupled in the last couple of weeks. So I know there's a lot of y'all that are new, that are listening. You've reached out to me and kind of told me some of your stories, told me what the show and some of the information and experiences that I've been able to share have done for you recently in your career. And I want you all to know that that's, that means the world to me. Um, that's very special that for one, you take time out of your day, uh, to even listen to what the fuck I even have to say. Um, but the fact that it's able, been able to help you or, um, you know, give you a good mindset going into a new career, everything like that, that means the world to me. So I just really want to thank you all for that. Uh, and just encourage everybody to continue to reach out. I'm hearing some awesome stories, getting to connect with people that I probably never would have. Uh, you know, our paths and careers might never have crossed. So, being able to uh, to connect with you has been pretty amazing, and um, and I I'm absolutely ecstatic about it. But um, you know, this leadership series I've been kind of talking about. Pretty much the deal is for all the new listeners is. You know, I've been in and out of the fire service for 14 years now. I've done everything from part-time duty crew member to full-time EMS to uh, worked in the Houston area as a full-time firefighter from a rookie all the way up to a captain and a ride-up battalion chief for several years. Uh, I was a captain for six years on the east side of Houston, which for people that don't know that aren't from the area, I mean, the east side of Houston, Texas has a reputation for a lot of fires. Uh, it's a lot of industrial, a lot of hazmat tons of wrecks the crime rate is high i mean if you want to be a fireman that's that's one of the areas that you uh that you go to work at because you're you're going to see it and you're going to do it and there's really nowhere to hide people that work in those areas that work for the departments on that side you know you can be you can be a slug you can be a piece of shit but you can only hide for so long because eventually you are going to make the fires there's no avoiding it so the people that are able to hang in there and especially the people that are able to become an officer and be successful there they uh they know what they're doing they're not full of shit now um what you can get caught up in is uh you know bad leadership you can you can become um either a victim and and have to deal with it and you know the people around you um are flat ass they're they're in it for the wrong reasons or maybe you can get caught up in, in being a bad leader yourself. You can make some poor decisions. You can put yourself in a um, in a vulnerable point with your career. If you promote and put yourself, I talked on the last show about promoting too quickly to a chief's role. You know, once you get to a top spot like a chief, it's really hard to um, be able to stand up and be able to do what's right by either by your crew or by your department or whatever if you have a politician that's that's pulling your strings and can cut your career short because you really can't just go from being a chief to stepping out and then trying to get a job somewhere else and start over as a firefighter because the first thing that people are going to ask is 
well, he didn't make it as a chief. What the fuck's wrong with this guy? And they're going to dig in. And if your resume and your background and your experience doesn't back up that position that you held, well, you're probably going to be left out in the cold. And, and that happens. And it, it causes people to not have the ability to do what's right because they have to keep a job. So you can get caught up with that. Even in the best areas uh, with the best apartments and everything like that, you can get caught up in that stuff if you're not careful. And something that I really want to tie in with people when it comes to all the leadership and wanting to promote, you can be a great leader no matter what rank you are. If you're a firefighter, you can be a great leader. You can run the crew. I know a lot of firefighters out there, they run the damn crew. The captain doesn't have to do shit. Or if they're an EO, they can run the crew. It's uh, You can be in those leadership positions positions uh, or leadership roles and not actually have to hold rank if you're wanting to truly make a difference and wanting to help people and coach people and train people to be the best firefighters that they possibly can you don't have to hold a rank to do that but a lot of people get caught up in that because they think that they need the pay they think that they need the clout and the power of holding those ranks and ultimately what that ends up doing for you is it puts you in a compromising position I uh, I've seen it dozens and dozens and dozens of times over the last 10 years of working in and out of the Houston area. That's just, it's a bad problem there because of the uh, the rapid growth. You have all these ESD departments uh, that are popping up or volunteer departments that are, you know, 10 years ago they were volunteer. Now they're transitioning, going straight full-time, and they got to fill, you know, 6, 12, uh, 18 captain spots depends on how many stations they have you know if you're running a three shift model then you got to come up with three captains for every station so overnight these people are having to basically produce leaders or what they think are leaders overnight and so you're filling people uh filling positions with people maybe just because of certifications or years of service but you're not necessarily promoting the people that have either the proper leadership techniques or, or strengths to be able to do it for the right reasons or you know, you're promoting people that are able to essentially weasel their way in to try to promote because they're only in it for themselves, which I know everyone has seen and experienced that firsthand. Um, so that's something that I want people to really be kind of weary of, that even in the best apartments, you know, it can happen. Um, I'm going to tell, tell a little story about um, basically that that happening to me. You know, I... I'm going to preface all that by saying I, I was reached out. I was contacted by a guy that's – I'm not going to say where he's from or anything like that because he and I are going to do do some work together in the future. I was highly impressed with him. He has an amazing mindset. His heart is in the right place. He, what he's wanting to do is absolutely phenomenal. I truly do believe in his mission. You know, part of all this of building this team and what I'm wanting to do, you know, the community that I'm wanting to bring people in and build with, with the Third Alarm Cowboys – it's not just about the boxing. It's not just about the the firefighting and everything like that. You know, that's why I haven't really gotten hung up on talking about tactics or equipment or anything like that. Like I'll brush up on some of that and you know, I'll I'll touch on it because I do have the knowledge behind a lot of that stuff. But there's people out there that that's their complete niche. That's the stuff that they love to talk about and that's, you know, that's their strength. So I learn from those people, so I'm going to let them continue on. And if people want to know what I think about stuff like that, then, you know, they can ask me and, and I'll give my opinions or I'll give my experiences and stuff like that. But for the most part, for me, it's the fire service as a community as a whole. Um, we've really lost a lot of 
the reputation of integrity that we have uh, with our citizens, with our communities. You know, you see firefighters day in and day out getting in trouble for shit in their personal lives. And, you know, I'm not going to harp on all that kind of stuff. But, but bottom line is, whenever we don't have the reputation of being, you know, the end-all, be-all, um, super integrity-driven fire service then it hurts all of us so for me this entire movement is really encompassing everything uh, of just trying to make people better trying to make make firefighters better trying to you know improve the country and everything that we can do i mean the country regardless of what political side you land on everybody's hurting right now uh unless you just happen to be one of these people that are multi-gajillionaires because you own amazon or some shit we're all hurting everybody no matter how good a job you have no matter what rank you hold all that i mean things are tough for everybody and so really i see and until we all come together as a fire service because the community looks to us uh for everything you know if, if firefighters get behind a political candidate then that political candidate nine times out of ten is going to win because the community looks to us for that compass of integrity and promoting good people and all those kind of things so i really want to keep that alive i want to keep that reputation for all of us and i don't want people getting caught up in making bad decisions that make us all look bad if it's something that i can share some experience that i had throughout my career that can potentially make somebody make a better choice that ultimately won't hurt them down the line or won't make them look bad down the line then that's that's what i'm going to do so Getting back to the story about the guy I talked to this week, you know, he's working for a fire department, been a career firefighter for a while and everything like that. And he tried to do the right thing. What he's wanting to do is he's wanting to get in on, you know, talking to a podcast and everything like that, starts sharing some information. And he shared with me some of his ideas that what he had. And to be quite frank, you know, it's not, it's not the same type of platform like I'm wanting to do or like what's already out there. This is a totally brand new idea. Uh, and I absolutely was blown away. I thought it was, you know, great material. I thought the content was going to be great. Highly encouraged him to do it. Well, one thing that, that he asked me or, or he was telling me is he reached out trying to do the right thing within his department, reached out to his fire chiefs and everything like that and basically tried to get it, you know, basically get his podcast approved. And he presented them with, you know, his ideas and everything like that. They didn't give him a whole lot of feedback at first, and he went out, you know, and invested um, to get everything going, this, that, and the other. And before he knows it, he's getting getting in trouble and basically being told to shut it down. That they uh, and he hasn't even, you know, put out any content yet. He was just getting started. They don't want him to do it. He inquired as to why, and basically, from my understanding, was basically given the whole "I told you so" shit. If you're going to do this, then your ass is going to be in some trouble. When it comes to this entire podcast world, that seems to be the thing. People are beginning to see that, you know, your mainstream medias, your Facebooks and all that kind of stuff is not the greatest source of information. The greatest source of information for a lot of people, especially young people, is podcasts because you can have full length conversations. You can share real information. It's not censored. It's not, you know, a, a five second clickbait type. Uh, headline or something you can actually share true information so people are threatened by it especially people that um may not be credible in the shit that that they're saying and you know a podcast getting multiple people on whether it's 
you know, doctors or lawyers or scientists or whatever, you get them on your show and you can actually put out some true and genuine information to educate people. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous for in our business. That's dangerous for a lot of fire chiefs, you know, having platforms like this. uh, I personally, when this individual was asking me like what I have done, I have personally made an effort to, you know, not name names of departments, not name names of individuals, shit like that. And that's specifically from a legal aspect that I do that because even though the information that I'm sharing, which, you know, a lot of people are like, there's no way that really happened. Well, I'm telling you all, every story that I've ever shared has 100% happened to people either directly on my crew or it happened to me or I was 100% a witness to the shit. (laughs) It's hard to believe, I know, but but that really stuff really has happened. And basically by me not naming names and not doing stuff like that, that has allowed me the ability to basically say, hey, if you're feeling guilty for the shit that I'm saying, then that's your problem, not mine. If if this, if this any of my stories or any of the information that I have shared on this podcast or the other platform that I you know used to have a different name with, then that's probably because you're guilty, you know, and, and you know, Cinderella, if the shoe fits, wear that motherfucker. I mean, that's, that's kind of been my motto for a lot of my career. You can, you can talk to some of the guys I've worked with. And I used to say that all the time, like, Hey, if the shoe fits, wear that motherfucker, lace it up because it's yours. So if, you know, if information that's being put out on podcasts makes you feel uncomfortable or it makes you feel guilty or you don't like it, then nine times out of 10, it's probably going to be because you're guilty of that. There's things that I'm guilty of. There's things that that I had to look myself in the mirror and address and change over the last 10 years of my career. We all have that. We evolve. We grow. There's things that I did as a 19-year-old that you know I wasn't doing anymore as a 29-year-old that I'm not doing now as a 33-year-old. That's called growing. We're all allowed to grow. We're all allowed to mature. We're all allowed to become more professional. That We're all allowed to do those things. And for some reason, people get caught up on you know, they just want to put everything under the rug and act like shit never happened. Well, you never get to fix things if you act like things didn't happen. So I was talking to this guy and I shared that exact, that exact story and told him that that's exactly, you know, kind of the policy, if you will, that I, I try to stick with when it comes to this, uh, this show and that it, it frees me up from any kind of, uh, legal liability, you know, or, or people to even attempt to try to come after me. That's something that I've done. I shared that with him, and that's what I'm sharing with all of you. In case there's anybody, any of you out there that want to write a book or, you know, write short stories, have a podcast, anything like that, that's something that you can do to kind of protect yourself. Just wanted to share that tidbit. Another thing with that that I shared, and I, I really, really, truly want people to start understanding this. For some reason, over the last three to four years, there's been a serious attack on our rights as Americans. No matter what side of the political aisle you land on, anything like that, I'm not getting caught up in all that shit right now, but bottom line is is our Bill of Rights were fought for by people that died to protect them. That has It's been this that way since the founding of this great country. I don't give a shit about what political side you land on. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what religion you are. All of those different um, dividing segments that over the last, you know, several years, however, that we've all been broken into, I don't care about any of that. 
we are all Americans. Every single one of us is an American. And there is laws and liberties that we are protected under no matter what. And for some reason, in the fire service, we have chiefs, fire chiefs out there, that at some point in their career, they decided, I don't know how or why or anything like that, I don't have an explanation for that, but they have decided that when you sign up as a firefighter and you come to work for them, you now, they own you. And I'm sorry, but that's just not the case. There's two types of people in this country that don't have their rights. They're not protected by the Constitution. And that's inmates in prison and military soldiers. Military soldiers have to abide by completely different set of you know of laws and everything when they sign on that dollar line and they go in enlisted or anything like that they have to abide by military code of laws you know that that's something that that i'm not you know 100 uh knowledgeable on because i was never in the military but that is a completely different they have a completely different set of rules now when they get out they're just like the rest of us and all their their liberties are 100 back intact and everything like that but just because you sign up in the fire service and you're a, a rookie, a captain, or whatever, the fire chief does not own you. They absolutely do not own you. Now, they can put in place certain policies, you know, when it comes to social media. They can put in place certain policies when it comes to your uniform. Um, you know, there's things that they can put as far as for how you look or the things you post on social media when you're on duty. But when you're on your time, you're on your time. You, I wouldn't recommend because, like I preached hundred times, what firefighters do on their days off is viewed by the community, and no matter what, you can't shake off that, that firefighter title. So you probably shouldn't be on your social media posting a bunch of crazy shit. But if you want to have a podcast or you want to write a book or you want to do anything like that, as long as you're not violating HIPAA laws or uh, something like that, the fire chief doesn't have that control of you. It's not the military where it's classified information that you have to approve, be approved through the fucking Pentagon. This is the fire service. Um, the fire chief does not have a right to tell you what the fuck kind of clothes you wear on your days off. They could tell you, you know, you don't need to be doing drugs, shit like that. Okay, that stuff makes sense because that could potentially still be in your system when you get back to work. Okay, you know, you can have an alcohol rule that says 12 hours, 24 hours prior to you being on work. You can't. Okay, all those things because when you get back to work, that could still potentially be in your system when you're now having to perform your duties. But this, um, this mass overreach that I'm seeing happening in a lot of fire departments where it's an absolute control factor for these chiefs to think that they can truly be a dictator over their own little world of men that wear badges and women that wear badges. That's not reality. We are protected under the First Amendment freedom of speech. Like That was the number one thing that our founding father said. Like You can say what the fuck you want to say. And so if you want to write a and you want to write a book or you want to have a podcast and what you're trying to maybe educate people, help people, anything like that, it's not the fire chief's prerogative, especially if you're not naming the department that you work. It's not his fucking business. Bottom line. 
there's constitutional protecting lawyers that are literally salivating at the mouth right now after all the civil liberties that have been violated over the last three to four years. Like, this, this has been kind of a building problem with policies and stuff. It started with social media policies. You know, people, it started off, people were not, you, you didn't need to post, you know, Obviously, you didn't need to post pictures of things that show dead bodies. You didn't need to post shit. And then we kind of graduated to, well, you don't need to be posting anything on social media while you're on duty. Okay. I can't even get with some of that because, you know, you're you're being paid by the citizens to be performing your duties. You're not being paid by the citizens to be on social media. Okay. I can't even get down with that. Um, if that's going to be the argument, okay. I, I, I truly can't understand that. Um, but... To tell you when you're on your days off, you're sitting on your couch at your house, you can't post a picture of some fire shit or whatever. That's mass overreach. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, shit. And, and, you know, chiefs especially, they're not going to like that. But the bottom line is call your fire department's attorney and ask them, do they want to go to court over that? Because I can tell you. When that conversation does take place, they're probably going to tell you to shut up and drop it. And I know that from absolute personal experience. I made a Facebook post when I was on days off. I made a simple post about the fire service as, as a whole, specifically stating. It still pops up in my memories every now and then, so I, and I just saw it the other day, so I know exactly what it said. It basically said that if your fire department has a 110% turnover rate, and when people go in and they are trying to have an exit interview with you, and you're arguing with them about the reasons why they're leaving, then you may be the problem. Didn't name the department. Didn't name the chief. Still not going to. But I got called in on the red carpet. They told me to take the post down. I did not, and I'm never going to. And I said, okay, so you're forcing, yeah, you need to take it down. I'm like, okay, I didn't name the department. Well, it doesn't matter. We knew that you were talking about us. How did you know that? You feel guilty? Okay, well, you feel guilty. That's not my problem. You feeling guilty is has nothing to do with me. If you cheat on your wife and you feel guilty about it, that has absolutely nothing to do with me. I didn't cheat on mine. So those feelings are covering up facts. So my next statement that came out of my mouth, so are you infringing upon my freedom of speech? Are you violating my rights as an American? Uh, 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 uh. And you start getting the stutter. And then you get dismissed. The phone call goes out to the attorney, and you never hear anything else about it. Okay? That's that's genuinely how it goes down. Now, I don't recommend that for folks because you have to have that kind of backbone, and you have to understand that, you know, whatever state you work in, they can fire you for anything. So you have to be willing to, to take that fight to them if those are the grounds that you're going to stand on. But you have to understand that you are protected. You need to get yourself educated. You, people have got to stop being controlled and thinking that this entire fire service is a dictatorship. Fire chiefs at a lot of departments, you know, your volunteer departments or, or a combination of departments, fire chiefs positions are a lot of times elected, which that has its own, you know, that has its own battles in itself. But that top spot, like I've said a million times, that top spot, you you are the representation of your entire department, and the success of that department is on you. 
So you going in with a mentality of, well, you know, everyone works for me and I'm in control of everything and all that, you're never going to be successful. And this entire leadership series, I've really wanted people to try to start getting it broke down to a very basic level on how to be successful. Well, that's one. If you're in any kind of leadership role, take out that whole mentality of being in control and being, this is mine. This is, I'm going to run this how I see fit. Y'all are going to do what I say. Because you may cross a line that violates somebody's rights, and it can't be somebody like me. You could very easily cross somebody like me that's that's educated. I'm not a lawyer, just like I told the individual I talked to the other day. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not giving legal advice. But, I, uh, you know, I went to a school that taught us the Constitution in, like, first fucking grade. And being an American was always 100% um, very important to me. There's guys that have fought for generations to protect us and protect our rights. And somebody in some position at some fire department can't take that away. They can't wash all that blood off just because they have crossed bugles or bugles, period. If you're a captain and you think just because you you got made, you got promoted, that now you, it's your shit, See how long that lasts. See how long before guys either start quitting the department or before they start asking for transfers. If you're a captain that can't keep a crew together, then you probably need to go home and look in the mirror and be like, what What exactly am I doing that's not right? Maybe you need to start having some exit interviews with those people. And if they're giving you, if people are being truthful, 100% truthful with you, like people do when they're leaving, because you won't ever get an individual that uh, is going to tell you more truth than somebody that's got a job elsewhere and they're leaving. They will tell you why the fuck they're leaving you. Listen to them. Listen to them. It, it may not even be you. It may be something simple like they're going to a fire department that runs more. You know, I've done that. I left one department to go to another one because they had way more fires. That may, It may be that kind of person. They may genuinely want to do more with their career than than your station or your department has to offer. I've worked with people that left, you know, I was at a department that didn't have ambulances. We were in fire and rescue only, and they left because they wanted to go ride an ambulance. They wanted to be a paramedic. Hey, if that's you, by all means, go and do it. Um, I didn't ever want to be a paramedic. I, I'm not afraid of riding an ambulance, but um, that's I didn't want to have to go to paramedic school. So if it is somebody that wants to do that, then by all means, go and do it. Because that's great. We need, we need those people. We absolutely need those people. We've got to have an understanding that people leave for good reasons. But a majority of the time, people are leaving because they don't like the environment that they're currently in. So if you're a captain and people are leaving, you know, if they're leaving going to another apartment nine times out of ten, you're already going to know why they're leaving. You know, that there's already going to have been kitchen table conversations. And if you have a great relationship with those people and they trust you, then they're going to tell you like, hey, Cap, you know, I applied to go to such and such because that department does a lot more uh, wildland firefighting. That's something I've always been interested in. Or that department does ambulances and I, I've always wanted to be in EMS, so I want to go do that. They're going to tell you that you're already going to know. But if you're kind of blindsided with somebody leaving, you need to just be like, hey, you know, when's your last day? Okay, well, between now and then, let's sit down. You know, I'd, I'd really like to know what exactly it is that you're looking for um, that you weren't able to get out of this crew. Um, be genuine. Be genuine and 
be trustworthy. Something I posted the other day that leaders, no matter what position, role, or rank that you're in, leaders have got to start striving to be trusted first way before you're ever liked. You know, people want to come in, they want to be, they want to be buddies with they, you know, they still want to kind of be part of the crew and be one of the guys and all that kind of stuff. And you still can to a certain degree as as especially an officer. That's who I'm addressing right now. You know, if you're still a firefighter and you, you know, but you're in a more of a, a leadership type position or you're an EO, then you this I'm not necessarily talking to you right now, but if you are an officer, you can still be you know, essentially one of the guys, but you're going to have to be able to learn your yourself and learn your line because you still are going to have to be to the point where they trust and respect you as being the the supervisor role, but also trust you on uh, a personal level to know that you're not you're not going to make decisions that's going to hurt them. The trust thing to me is huge. That was really one thing I wanted to address on this episode because of that post I made the other day. Trust is something that no matter what happens, no matter how many years go by, no matter how many career changes, department changes, station changes, any of that shit that happens, the people that you learn to trust are the ones that you can call when you're in a bind and they're going to be the ones that are going to actually answer the phone for you. Trust is something that has to be built, has to be developed. And the only way you truly get that is by being 100% honest. Whether it hurts people's feelings or not. Whether it's something they want to hear or not. I'll use an example. That to this day, the man that that earned my trust that day, which I already, I mean, I trust him on a tactical level and everything like that. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't work with him a whole lot. So a little bit of the story is I worked for a department that at that time was going through a transition. They had gone from being a volunteer department to being a fully paid department, a full career department with all positions being full-time except for the battalion chiefs. We still had uh, we had full time captains, full time firefighters, full time EOs, but we had they were part time status because they worked full time for Houston Fire Department, but they were they worked full time hours. They worked a regular shift like us, but they were technically classified as far as employment law goes as part time individuals. So I had a great working relationship with all there was four of them i had a great working relationship with all four of them phenomenal individuals their resumes spoke for themselves all of them badass stations badass districts at houston they made their fires they had their experience most of them were still working at very hot houses and so their my trust for them on a tactical and operational level was solid from day one um, i did have to prove myself coming into them because they most of them had already been at that department as part-timers there for 10 plus years so coming in as a a full-time officer doing a lateral move over there helping stand this department up from going volunteer to full-time you come in and you're you're not a rookie but you're a rookie to that department so even though i hold rank you know i'm i'm mopping floors i'm proving that i'm willing to work i'm proving that i'm tactically proficient i'm proving all of those things because you have an individual that doesn't know you they've never met you but they have to rely on you to keep everybody on this crew alive 
So it's a really hard position to be in, and I know a lot of people in all these departments that are, you know, growing insanely. They're um, they're all having to go through that themselves. You know, explaining all of that and what these guys, their you know, their qualifications, their experience, everything like that. They're top notch individuals. Every single one of them, top notch. I developed amazing relationships with all of them. We grew a trust. They openly, openly said that um, I was one of the best captains in the department, that they enjoyed working with me. These guys have reached out to me throughout the last few years and, and asked me to come to work at places where they, you know, are currently and everything like that. So I know, you know, you're not going to ask somebody or, or put out a reference letter, or stick your name out to bring an individual over to work with them if they didn't genuinely mean what they said and they weren't just blowing smoke up my ass. So I've kind of stuck by that and I've kind of prided myself because a couple of these individuals are very, very well known and essentially, you know, their their names are legends and they'll go down in their careers uh, when they retire as truly being amazing individuals in the fire service. So that was, uh, you know, kind of the baseline and, and everything of what was going on at my department. So we got to a point where the fire chief was ready to transition those battalion chief positions into full-timers. And he had said from day one that he was going to promote the captains, the full-time captains, promote those individuals uh, from within the department and, and do away with the part-timers. So naturally, as many of you have had to deal with, those chief-type roles, of course, are not tested. They were appointed. And I'm sure some of you already know where this shit's going. But, um... Basically, you know, you had three positions to fill. At that point in the department, I was the only captain that had met all the prerequisites to be a write-up battalion chief. I had been riding up at that point for for a few years, a couple years, I think almost three at that point, honestly. Uh, and there were several requirements of what it took to be able to ride up. You had to have a certain amount of time in, in a captain's position. You had to hold, hold certain certifications, you know, your typical gamut to be able to pick that up. And I was riding a lot. Another uh, kind of plus side of me being tight with the guys that had been in those positions were if one of them was going to call off or if one of them wanted to take vacation, a lot of times they would call me and be like, hey, uh, hey, Meredith, you know, I'm, I'm going to call off this morning. I'm going to go ahead because the battalion chiefs at that time, they were in control of the schedule. So they would either go ahead and put me in, in that role and then just put themselves off or, uh, you know, like they were calling in sick or whatever, or they would go ahead and let me know so that I could pick it up before anybody else. You know, they're kind of giving me a little heads up, which uh, I was greatly appreciative because overtime at battalion chief pay was a whole lot better than overtime at captain pay. Um, and so I rode the car a lot. Uh, got a, a great deal of experience. Uh, running command you know different situations of all kinds and so I really honestly was at the point when we we're getting ready to fill those positions being as as I was the one that had been doing m most of the riding up and the only one that was truly cleared to ride the car I thought I had a pretty good shot right um, that's what you would would think in that type of situation so I get called down to the chief's office and um, he starts going through everything with me tells me that uh you know what all the expectations are going to be for the role he's getting ready to to fire it off and and these positions will be filled over the next month and blah 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 just giving giving me my spiel on everything that was about to take place i'm like okay great and he said you know we're we're highly considering you for this position you know you have the experience that we're looking for blah 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 gives you know gives me the full show so i come out 
feeling you know pretty confident to be honest with you um at that point i had been a captain for four years i had a great deal of experience especially in that district um and looking at my competition i felt pretty good right so i come out come down the hallway and the way that station was laid out as you had the fire chief's office was at the end of the hallway you pass right by the battalion chief's office when you're going back to the uh, watch office so I walked by, and uh, the battalion chief that was on duty, he says, Hey, Meredith, hey, come here. Shut the door and come here. I'm like, yes, sir. You know, everything good? What's going on? He's like, look, man, I can't let them do this to you. I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, I heard all that bullshit that he just fed you in there. He's like, I want you to know all three of the positions have already been filled. They've already, the guys have already, he's like, I've been here for a couple of days. You were, you know, you were on your days off. All the, all the positions have already been filled. He's straight blowing smoke up your ass. You're not getting a battalion chief position. He has zero intentions on giving you a battalion chief position. The battalion chief that got offered the job yesterday at that point had been a captain for 11 months on an engine, and he came in here and was talking to me about how he didn't know if he was ready for the position, but it had just been completely offered to him and he accepted and he was truly stressed out on whether he you know was ready for it or not and didn't know if he should really take it and this that and the other and i'm like are you serious and he's like yes he said i i cannot allow for you to leave here and and feel like that or or think that you have a chance and a false hope he said you know i don't want you to have that level of disappointment. So, you know, to this day, um, the fact that that man called, he didn't have to do that. He was leaving. He was out the door anyway. You know, his position was being done away with. And he, of course, had already, at that point, had already obtained another uh, part-time job outside of the Houston Fire. And, um, and he didn't owe me that. He didn't owe me that at all. But he had the respect and he had the, the integrity to tell me the absolute truth. Even though it, you know, it did crush me, um, and I was just like, "Oh my God, what the hell!" And you know, it ended up being, uh, it ended up being that way. And the sad thing is, that individual that I had, or that had eleven months on an engine as a captain, I ended up having to work for him. And knowing that background, and he never did step up. He never, never told me any any of that shit. But it just shows the dynamic between an individual that truly believes in being honest and truthful and the level of uh, respect that to this day I have for that man versus somebody that uh, you know just sits there and, and will straight up blow smoke and lie to people and they don't care who they hurt all they're out for is themselves and what benefits them and to me that is a true line in the sand when it comes to my ability to interact with an individual or um, have really have anything to do with them. Um, I personally don't want to deal with anyone that will. You'll sit there and lie to somebody point blank to their face that's in this business that you know you're supposed to be willing to die for. They're supposed to be willing to die for you, and you'll lie about something simple like that. Like that didn't even have to take place. They didn't even have to call me downstairs. Those positions could have been filled, and I never had to know anything about it. You, but you don't call somebody and and you know promise them that they're this, that, or the other, or whatever. Basically, for what? That he didn't gain anything out of that. He gained an enemy. Um, I'll never trust that man, uh, that fire chief, ever. And some of you listening probably know exactly who I'm talking about. And 
all of you have left that department as of I because of who that individual is and the lies that come out of his mouth. The manipulative and deceitful behavior that takes place in some of these departments from individuals that you're supposed to be brothers with um, is really, it truly blows my mind. And that's something that I want to totally correct. That's something that's uh, on the mission of this podcast, the content that I put out, the information that I'm wanting to share with people. I really hope that that's what a lot of you take from this is tell the truth. It doesn't matter what rank you are. It doesn't matter if you're day one or you've been in 40 years. If you want people to actually trust you and you want to have a good career and ultimately you want to have a good life, tell the damn truth. You don't benefit anything. You may think that lying or you know blowing smoke up somebody's ass telling them untruths because apparently now we can't call some shit lies, but that's exactly what they are. You can't. You know, people don't want to do that because they think that it's gonna, it's gonna hurt someone's feelings or cause a confrontation or anything like that in the in the short term. And yeah, it probably will. But bottom line is, is if you want that lasting career, you want that lasting relationship, you want that lasting trust, you've got to start telling the truth. Tell the truth to your crews. Tell the truth to yourself. Uh, you know, there's a million things that I need to work on, and and I'm working on them. I'm doing what I need to do. People have got to start being honest. I don't I don't really get why that's such a hard concept for people. I have my opinions on certain things, um, and I may dive in, into some of that at a later date, but I just really, for the baseline and, and really kind of summing all this up for people is when you stick to the truth, for one, it simplifies your life because you don't have to try to remember the umpteen million lies that you told. But it allows for the people around you, especially in the fire service, especially on your crew, to trust you and to know that the things that you say are factual and they're the truth. You don't, you know, you don't sugarcoat stuff, whether it's going to hurt somebody's feelings. But by telling them the truth, you allow them for one to get better, which you all, you know, everybody knows how I feel about trying to make the team win. Well, telling the truth is one of the biggest things that you can make make the team win. I love using Michael Michael Jordan as an example because he he is truly a hard ass, but there's nobody that's better than him, you know. And he told players like, "Hey, you're sucking today. Your shots suck. You're off. Where's your head at? You know, you're not doing this. You're not doing that." Uh, and he was hated for it at times. People thought he was a bully. People thought that um, he was mean. But he told people the truth. Told them what they needed to do. And I promise you, when they're you know, bringing home that that world championship trophy, they're not thinking about Michael Jordan was mean to me in practice on September 2nd in, you know, four years ago. They're not thinking about that. They're thinking about what it feels like to be the absolute best team in the fucking world. That's what they're thinking about. But Michael Jordan knew that it's those small things, those small statements, those small truths that built those players to being better to make themselves get better because he wasn't telling them oh yeah you got this you know you're you you don't have to practice shooting because you're already no he told them they sucked when they sucked they sucked when they were good they were good and it is no different for us when you have firefighters that that can't show up on time you fucking tell them hey man especially you know if you're an officer i i, I view most of this stuff because i have been a, a captain 
you know, for the uh, last part of my career. So I view everything in the officer type of – I don't play that game. You know, I tell them, hey, you're fucking late again. That's your ass. I don't say, you know, oh, you know, I'll cover for you, blah, blah, blah. No. Because then they they know, yeah, in the short term, me covering for them may make it better for them. They may think, oh, Captain's cool, blah, 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 blah. But that hurts them. It totally hurts them. For one, it gives them a false hope. For two, it destroys their credibility of being able to get time, uh, get to work on time because now they're gaining the relationship or the, um, I'm sorry, they're, they're building the reputation of being the guy that's always late, which what the hell does that do? We all know what that feels like when your relief is the one that's always late. It pisses you the fuck off as it should. But that's just a small example that could have been fixed day one, the first time that the guy was late or the girl was late, whatever it is. You know, you ask them like, hey, everything good this morning? What happened? They might have had a flat tire. That's flat tire, car broke down. Yes, it's situational. But you tell them like, hey, I understand. Don't let this happen again. If there is, you know, an emergency or an extenuating circumstance like that, you call ahead. You let us know. That way we can handle the situation and we're not waiting on you. And, yes, it's a it's not a good feeling to have to call somebody in the office and have to tell them that level of truth. Or, you know, it's it's a little confrontational. But that's your job. If you're a firefighter and... I heard this story a million damn times. You know, this crew or this person washed their clothes and then left all their fucking clothes in the in the washing machine or the dryer and didn't get them out, didn't fold them, blah, 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 blah. Well, for one, us all being in this brotherhood that we all talk about and everybody wants to get on, you know, Facebook and, and say, well, for one, just fold the person's clothes for them, move them over to the dryer, help them out. They, they might have made a run. And, and, you know, just didn't get back to it. But go to that person directly and be like, hey, man, did you know that you left your, your clothes in the, in the dryer? They'd be like, oh, shit, no, we made, it, we made a run and we didn't get back till like 1.30 this morning. I jumped in the shower and I went to bed. I completely forgot about it. Okay, cool. Well, I fold them up. I put them on the dryer. I just want to let you know. That's being direct and that's being truthful. You don't go running to their captain and saying, oh, such and such didn't do this. Such and such left. Because... Now, yeah, that's that is easier. It is easier to do than it is to face the person to tell them the truth. That, but that's a little bit of cowardice. Let's be honest. That's something that people. Those are very basic examples of things that people can do to be direct, to be truthful, and be honest. That solves a million problems when you're playing the deceitful manipulative games uh, because you don't like the confrontation of being truthful. All you do is hurt yourself and all you do is hurt the crew. And the quicker that people start getting back to that, you know, I, I joke all the time about how 30 years ago in the fire service, 20 years ago, actually in the fire service, you know, guys could still go out back when they had a disagreement. We've gone from that extreme, which you know, some of us would still like for it to be that way sometimes, but we've gone from that extreme to we have to, we can't even have any level of confrontation in a truthful and honest conversation because we're so damn scared. We're so cowardice when it comes to just telling somebody the truth. That's, that's the extreme that we're on right now. People are completely avoiding those conversations. And, uh, 
it's it's not healthy. You're not going to be able to build a a winning team that way. And that's ultimately what I come back to. I you know, I, I seriously mean that when I say that's that's my mission. That's what I want. And to me, that's a baseline. That's how we build the foundation. That's what I'm doing right now with this leadership series is trying to build a foundation of the way that I see things throughout my experiences. So, you know, tying everything together, if you have ideas about podcasts, books, things that you want to do, and you, you know, it's not going to violate any kind of, you know, morality type thing, you know, you're not getting on there preaching a bunch of crazy stuff, stuff like that, then by all means, you know, do what you need to do and stand up for yourself, stand up for your rights as an American, stand up for uh, other firefighters. You're not, you, you're not a prisoner. You're not completely controlled by the rules of a certain fire chief, whoever it is. You are, you know, I know we do have listeners in other parts of the world, but in this country, you know, you are an American and you are protected. Go read your constitution. Go read your, like, educate yourself on those basics to where you can hold a conversation if any kind of questions come up and it's not going to do anything but help you. You know, tying that in with with being honest and truthful and that's still having conversations but it's giving you a baseline and it's giving you a reputation of being the person that is um, truthful whether it hurts somebody's feelings or not that you're not going to ever go wrong with that that's going to allow you throughout your entire career to be that go-to person no matter what rank you hold and that when you say something or you recommend something or you ask something whatever it is the people know that is genuine, and the reason why you're saying those things is because it's factual. You don't want to be that person that that's a you know slimy snake that nobody can trust, and nobody you know you have no uh, validation in anything that you says you that you say. You don't want to be that person. I hope that that gives somebody out there a little insight. You know, I just really hope to help coach some one person every podcast that I do change one person's outlook on something help out one person whatever it is that's that's my goal is to share my experiences and just make the fire service better and if it's just one person at a time then that's that's 20 more years of a career at some department that somebody's able to be successful um, that's very important to me and that's really what I'm wanting to do with this third alarm cowboys Y'all can go follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. You can share any of the posts we do. I've been seeing a lot of interaction of people joining the Facebook group that we have, Third Alarm Cowboys Facebook group. There's been people joining on there, posting pictures. I'm trying my best to get on there and try to welcome everybody when I see, you know, a new person join and say where they're from. You know, tell me what state you're from. You say how long you've been in the fire service, whether you you know you're a volunteer or rookie in the academy or you're a 45 year retired guy whatever it is you know share a picture everything like that if you ordered shirts from us and you have shirts share the shirt pictures i'm seeing some pretty cool pictures guys in the gym i've got one i haven't posted it on there yet a guy sent it to me directly um he had the shirt hanging up inside the uh inside the fire station that he works at next to their station logo which i thought was pretty cool but yeah y'all go ahead and follow us on uh spotify and apple all you got to do is click the follow or subscribe button. And what that does is anytime I post a new a new episode, you'll be one of the first ones that uh, get notified for it. You don't have to wait around for a post to come up on Facebook. And that way, you know, when you're headed to work early in the morning, you got something to listen to that can, uh, 
you know, hopefully give you some insight and uh, get your mind thinking for the day and get you headed in, in the right direction for your shift. We still have some shirts available. I'm running out of some sizes. I know some of you reached out and asked about certain sizes, and I apologize. I didn't make a super huge order this this first go-round, but on the next round of shirts that I order, I will get additional size shirts in, in the ones that I've already sold out in because I'm seeing that, that's, uh, that those are popular sizes. Still have plenty of shirts available, though. Go ahead and um, go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. Got a bio on there, a little bit about me, some of my background. Uh, have a page on there for RJ talking about his fight career and some, some pretty badass pictures of him that we took at his last fight. And then, of course, the shirts are available. I'm working on getting some additional merchandise up. We got about four more shirt designs that we're getting ready to launch over the next couple of months as well as I've had some ideas for some other pretty cool stuff that I want to uh, to order and, and make available for y'all to purchase. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. We'll see you on the next one. Right back in your place Just like a whaler said